It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Himalaya, on Google Play, on Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how appropriate, uh, because I am in Milwaukee ready to cover the Bucks in their Eastern Conference final showdown with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, not the show that you want for that. Uh, we are uh, going to talk about the Packers today, but if you want the Bucks, you can always go over to Locked On Bucks. Don't do it now. Finish this episode and then go listen to them because they they do a great job. But uh, there was it, it was interesting as I was putting together my thoughts and notes for this show. What I wanted to do was a show on players who could end up surprising guys who could either perform or fail to meet expectations. So it was a surprise in both positive and potentially negative ways. And as I went through the list, it was all year two guys. It was all players who contributed or, or didn't contribute in year one, who I thought had a chance to, um, you know, really take a step forward in the case of, most of these players in year two. And I I think, you know, there are some reasons to believe that not just the historical precedent of players who are going to make improvements tend to make the biggest marginal improvement from year one to year two. Uh, There are a number of reasons behind that, starting with just understanding the NFL better, understanding how to prepare, having a full off season in an NFL program where you're conditioning your body in a specific way, you're training in a specific way, you understand the expectations of mini camps, training camps, preseason, and then during the season, and and it changes your body, it changes your study habits, it changes your eating habits, it changes everything about you, and you come into year two revitalized with with a renewed confidence with maybe an, a you know a slightly different body type and the expectations are different the game slows down offensively and defensively even if you don't make you know huge improvements from year 1 to year 2 
And I think we need to make this clear up front. Just because a player doesn't make a huge leap in year two does not mean he's a bust. Devontae Adams was worse in year two than he was in year one and turned out to be and is now a hell of a football player. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers was not the guy that we know to be Aaron Rodgers even once he took the starting job. But before that, early in preseason, his first year two, you know, those those were ugly games. And, and he did not look ready. It looked like a wasted draft pick. And, and fans were mad about it because you're going, you know, Brett Favre is trying to win Super Bowls and, and the Packers use the first round pick on a quarterback who might not be able to play. Well, now we know he can play. So I think we have to be cautious in determining, first of all, no question, rookie years do not assume that because a rookie is bad that that player is automatically bad. That's just, you know, that's a baseline level of understanding that we have to have here. But also, I think it's important to take that a step further and say year two is not everything either. What you want to see is incremental improvement. You want to see something different. Show some improvement. And I think this is um, the, the, the problem that a lot of people have, myself included, with Josh Jones. We didn't see enough improvement in year two now maybe that is a usage problem maybe that is you know the players around him did not allow him to be in a position to succeed in a way that he needs it is possibly possibly too late for josh uh but i'm not i'm not giving up on him i'm not ready to just be done with him i think there are there are ways to use his skills in a position where he can help the team I don't want to get too bogged down on on this sort of esoteric conversation that we're having here, but I think it is important groundwork to lay for this conversation because there are some key players who are in year two that need to they need to make that jump. They need to make this team better. They need to have an impact in a way that they didn't as rookies. And that starts on defense because, you know, I think the name I thought of first in this whole conversation was Josh Jackson because we have an understanding of what Jair Alexander is capable of doing, but he's a little undersized, has had some injury problems. He needs to stay on the field. He cannot be effectively used if he has to guard Julio Jones every snap in a game because you don't have anyone else you trust. So that starts with Kevin King being on the field, and he has to be. But you have Tremont Williams, who's going to play cornerback now. There was an advanced uh, NFL charting stat. I guess if you want to, charting is not even really advanced stats. It's just official charting. We just don't, we're not used to having a lot of that information available to us. Tremont Williams, one of the most effective cover corners in the league last year when that was, uh, you know, his specified task, still can get it done. You don't want him as your number one corner, but he's not. What the Packers need is that other guy, that bigger-bodied guy to step forward and say, if I need to cover Julio on the outside or in the slot or wherever it is for 10, 15 snaps a game, I can do that. And if they have two guys on the outside that they feel like they can do that and they can move Jair Alexander into the slot, 
on those situ- in those situations where he can cover some more speed or whatever it is, that makes this team significantly better because you're protecting Jair and you're putting him in a position where he can be most impactful, differentiated from the ways that the other guys can be impactful. You can't put Kevin King in the slot. Now, Josh Jackson got better in the slot, and if they want to use him there in nickel situations on tight ends, great, go for it. But if you're playing against the Vikings and they put Stephon Diggs in the slot, you don't want Josh Jackson on Diggs. You want Jair Alexander on Diggs. You want Jackson, if he needs to be, to be outside on Adam Thielen or to be wherever else you need him to be. He needs to be good enough. Doesn't need to be a star because you know you just you can't expect that in year 2. He needs to be solid. He needs to be, you know, above replacement level but doesn't need to be much above that. Just be reliable enough where you can you can be counted on without help. To just do your job. You're going to give up completions. Cornerbacks give up completions. That is life as a corner. But can you be trusted so that Jair can be moved around? He can be insulated a little bit. again. Because you go back to that Atlanta game. Jair Alexander gave up some catches to Julio Jones. That's going to happen. But you don't want to spend the whole game matching. Mike Patton doesn't want to do that. Because it makes you too predictable in coverage. If Jair Alexander is following Julio Jones around the field you're probably in man coverage. You need to be able to to have those opportunities to change coverages. Well, you can't do that if you don't trust your guys to be in the positions that they need to be in and to handle their responsibilities in those different defenses. So Josh Jackson needs to take that step forward. That step also would make it easier for Kevin King to be eased into the lineup if he needs to be to deal with whatever injuries he needs to be because at this point, I don't think anyone should rely on Kevin King to be more than injury prone until you prove it. This is what you are because this is all you've been. So, you know, I I don't think we can say he's a bust because when he, he has played, especially last year, he was very good, but the year before he struggled and has for two years now struggled with injuries. So you need Josh Jackson to take that step forward. I think being able to get something out of Oren Burks, something. Again, he doesn't have to be Bobby Wagner. He doesn't have to be Luke Keekley. Put him on the field in base situations, in 30, 35% of snaps on first down, you know, if you want to play big. I think the reason that he, that he is so appealing to me as a player is he can cover. He is theoretically someone who could play all three downs. His best skill right now, in fact, is his coverage ability. And we saw that in the preseason. I wrote about it for Acme Packing Company. His coverage ability stood out to me in the preseason. It was sort of everything that was going on. Once the regular season started, he was hurt. You lose that practice time and and you fall behind. It all compounds. And it's just one of those things that if you're a rookie... And you hear this from players all the time. The worst thing that can happen is early in a rookie season, you get hurt. I like the physical tools there. I like the coverage ability there from Warren Burks. If he can give you something, 
then that gives Mike Patton more flexibility with his defense, with everything he wants to do with the complex blitzing schemes and the zone drops. If he's on the field, you can send Blake Martinez and drop Burks into coverage. With Burks' explosiveness, maybe you want to blitz him off the edge. He should be able to be a factor in those blitz packages because he is so athletic and so explosive. You want this guy on the field. Between him and Josh Jones, you want to be able to find responsibilities for them this year where they can play and play to their strengths. And, you know, I think there is a case to be made that the selection of Oren Burks was a my bad on the Josh Jones pick because they drafted Josh Jones and immediately said he's our dime linebacker. And then you draft Oren Burks, a coverage safety by trade who gets converted to linebacker, well, it it follows that you're bringing him in to do the job that you just drafted Josh Jones to do. Important distinction, though. Ted Thompson drafted Josh Jones. Brian Gutekinds drafted Oren Burks. So I think we're going to see Burks get that opportunity to play more, to play in base, and maybe the big nickel actually means Burks is the guy out there against tight ends in the slot or roaming around a little bit more in coverage because he can do that. And what you also do when you use him that way, number one, you're putting him at a position that he is a little bit more natural at as an overhang defender, and you are potentially mitigating his biggest weakness right now, which is reading and reacting, especially in the run game. When he has a specific task, go cover that guy or go cover this area, he can do it in in limited opportunities. We don't know what, what it's going to look like now. Uh, you know, you hope after a year of practicing and then getting healthy that, that he can be better. We saw glimpses of it in the preseason, and then in the Patriots game, they tried to put him out there because they knew the Patriots were going to run a lot of heavy personnel, and they it was like... Golden State playing a big man off the floor. They just ran him off the floor. He couldn't be out there because he just wasn't reacting fast enough. But if he has a specific responsibility, cover this tight end, cover this running back, cover in the flat, I think that makes it easier for him. So now that this defense has so many other players, has a full safety group, has a, a full cornerback room, has all these outside linebackers, they have more depth at defensive line. Maybe that makes it easier for him to play a more specified role, to find something he's good at now and, and ways that he can make this team better now so that he can improve those other things while at the same time helping this team in the ways that he can. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. 
And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store you know i think it's possible we look back at the draft class last year and say this was a transformative class for the packers and and again, Josh Jackson doesn't have to be an all pro for that to be the case. I think Jair Alexander is on a star trajectory. I think there is clearly a role for Oren Burks in this defense. And I, th- I still think he can be a good player. By the way, I still think Josh Jackson can be really good. I mean, really, really good. And he's become a little bit of the forgotten man because Jair was so talented. But I liked Jackson more coming out of college. And I understand what the what the downfalls were there. I understand the, the 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 man coverage problem that he played so much zone at Iowa. He was going to have to learn how to play man in the NFL. Does he have the athletic tools for it? I think he does. Uh, I know the speed is a question, but you know, plenty of bigger corners with great ball skills don't get beat over the top because of their length, because of their instincts, because of their ability to study and understand what's coming, understand how they're going to be attacked. Those kinds of things can be mitigated. Then you look at what happened on day three and what the Packers did. Cole Madison has a chance to be a player. They really liked him. They really liked what they saw from him early on in the process. And he's going to play. He's going to be a guy on this team. Now, I don't think he's going to start. It would be a pretty big surprise. He's certainly not going to be a preferred starter short of injury. And that makes him inherently not a preferred starter. But his ability to be a backup quality rotational guard for the inevitable injuries that are going to be out there and maybe even tackle in a pinch, that was his college position, that could give him the chance to be a useful player for this team moving forward at a position where they needed the help. And then what do you get out of the receivers? Can they combine to give you impact? I have been on record over and over saying I think Equinemia St. Brown, talent-wise, has the best chance to succeed. And I think he is a great fit in this offense. The kinds of things they they are going to ask him to do, I think he's going to thrive if he's given the opportunities and if he, if he runs with them, both literally and figuratively. 
I think Marquez Valdez-Scantling with his speed down the field, shot plays, basically taller Taylor Gabriel, he has the opportunity to give them impactful play. And then Jamon Moore. This is an offense that prizes route running. And he is, that that's what he's good at. This is somewhat similar to me to Oren Burks. He, it wasn't that he got hurt. He lost his confidence in training camp last year. That's pretty clear. And he wasn't quite ready for it and, you know, had some drops early on. It got in his head and, you know, his play suffered and he fell behind and he was never able to recover. He's been working in the offseason, working hard on the footwork, on on everything that, that you'd want. He is working his butt off in the offseason. And if he can come in and contribute in some sort of way, EQ has the potential to be a legitimate, good starting number two receiver. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling has the ability to be a dynamic deep threat in the NFL in the right kind of offense. This is the right kind of offense that's going to give him opportunities to get down the field. Last year, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he hit him a couple times down the field, MVS, but there were a couple times when he was streaking open Teams knew he was going to run fast and run down the field and run deep and run those deep posts and those goes, and they still couldn't they couldn't stay in front of him. That's how fast he is. His speed is game-changing. If he can bring that element to this offense, that big play element, that's what this offense wants to do. So if you put all of those things together, it's possible they found a, a useful player at every spot in the draft. I mean, it's possible. Even if they didn't, even if Jair is the only, you know, exceeds expectation player, if he's the only one who is who is like really good, if you get five useful players in a draft, <laughs> that is a home run. That's a home run draft, especially when one of them is as good as Jair Alexander can be. I still think Josh Jackson can be really good. I don't know about some of these other guys. I love the talent of EQ. I, I really like the traits of Oren Burks and, and the role that he could play. There are expectations here, and important ones. And if they if they meet them, if they rise to this challenge, if they make that year two leap, and, and look, they're not all going to. It's just the math. They're not all going to. Unless this turns out to be a Hall of Fame type, you know, early Seahawks, John Schneider run. And I I just don't see it. I think Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander are the favorites to become above average players, potential Pro Bowl players. I don't think anyone else from this class has that potential. But they all have the potential to be useful, to be impactful, to be meaningful contributors on this team, to help make them better. Not just contributors because they have to, but contributors because of what they can actually do, actually impact games in a meaningful way, in an above replacement level kind of way. We got to see it because this offensive talent, they're, they're banking on improvement from the receivers to make the offense go. We talked about this yesterday and the questions about why didn't Green Bay add a pass catcher? Well, they're basically adding Jamon Moore. Because he didn't play last year. Redshirt season. You're expecting him to give you something this year. EQ. He's he's actually of age now. You know, he, he is an age 
that he would have been had he had he stayed in school for one more year, which is probably what he needed to do, probably what Deshaun Kaiser needed to do, frankly, too. But is he going to make those steps? We saw late in the year he took reps. He took the starting job from MVS. When Joe Philbin took over as head coach, the, one of the first things he did was install EQ into the starting lineup. Was that, you know, was that from an issue with MVS? Was that uh, something that EQ did? We don't know. But, you know, he was he was on his way to having a huge game against the Jets before uh, he got hurt. If he can stay healthy, he's basically, he's souped up Geronimo Allison. He's big. He can get down the field. He can create in contested situations. And he, and he has become... A very good route runner. Aaron Rodgers mentioned his ability to run routes at his size. It's pretty unique. And there were a number of times when he got open, and and whether it was scheme or whether it was route running, and Rodgers just missed him. I mean, I think Rodgers being better. It was interesting. Field Yates, uh, they were asked, a group of ESPN insiders were asked about the biggest offseason additions. And Field Yates said Aaron Rodgers because he's going to be healthy. And if he's healthy, it, it just changes everything about this offense. And so now MVS streaking down the field on a deep post with no safety in the middle of the field or a safety trailing behind him, maybe that's a touchdown instead of an incompletion now. And those play action over routes where EQ is running over the middle of the field and there's no one around him, maybe Rodgers isn't skipping that one in the dirt because that was what we were seeing last year. And, and now we know that the injury was more serious than originally reported, much more serious. And, you know, that's part of the reason for this. We also know that Aaron Rodgers called these guys out and said, look, there's a, a standard we have here. These rookies aren't meeting it. They need to pick it up. And if they do, if they heed that call and, and, and they are able to get on the same page, look, the talent is evident. The talent is what it is. It is it is there. And so maybe you don't need to add those extra players in the draft. You don't need to add those pedigree players. And by the way, this was something that someone sent in, you know, the the draft next year for receivers, awesome. And the draft this year for receivers was not good. It was deep, but wasn't that good. One wasn't taken until uh, the Ravens took one after trading down in in the mid twenties. So you know this was it was not it was not that time. They could view this as look, Jamal Moore. I thought should have been a third round pick. He goes in the fourth round. EQ goes in the sixth round. I thought should have been a day two pick. So they have that talent. They have that talent. This is the opportunity for those players to show that talent, to take that step forward. And if and if we don't see it, I don't think it's time to write these these guys off because they contributed more than you would expect as rookies. I think if you're Jamon Moore, you have to show something. You have to show improvement or that's just going to be a wasted pick. Even so, given what we see from the initial brothers, MVS and EQ, they've shown enough to say if they can make even just an incremental year two improvement, they can be useful players in this offense and they make this team better. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing with Philips One. 
This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See fuelrewards.com slash fuelyourfandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. All right, we'll be back next week. The Zadarius Smith free agent show finally, mercifully, will be here. Uh, Jeff Zrabic, who, if you are a longtime listener of the show, he he helped us preview Packers Ravens in that uh, miserable Brett Hundley game two years ago. He's now at the Athletic. Uh, he is going to be on to help us talk about Zadarius Smith and and what he potentially brings to the Packers. We will also have our Jay Sternberger. Uh, rookie orientation series next week so a lot of good preview content coming and a lot more to come after that uh we're gonna keep doing it that's what we do four days a week in the off season and uh if you like it tell a friend tell them on social media on twitter follow me on twitter at peter underscore bukowski send me your questions send me your comments send me your movie reviews what did you think of endgame I, i mean i liked it i liked it what do, what do you think of, you know, maybe you're listening to this next week. What do you think of the Game of Thrones finale? Let me know. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You know, I, I often encourage you to share our podcasts on Facebook. If you like a show, share it. Let, let your friends know. Facebook is a powerful tool. Let your friends know you were listening and that you liked it and they should listen too. They will listen to you and then they'll listen to me and that'll be great for all of us. Because then you look cool for sending them something that they turned. It turned out they liked, and if they if they don't like it, then they get to complain, and then they're happy about that too. So everyone wins. Everyone wins, and that's what we try and do at Locked On Packers. Uh, anytime you want to hit us up, we answered your questions yesterday. We like to do that from time to time. Hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline. You can do that nine two zero three four one three seven seven five. Even in the off season, even in the the cold dark days. At King's Landing, in the off season, you have to stay locked on Packers. Mm-hmm.